You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, we drive down the first man who is inside. Pullback, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by them and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. We're live on YouTube and Twitter this evening. Got my buddy Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast uh, on here with us. We got Tim live there in Green Bay. I believe he was at practice again today. Jacob, how you doing, bub? I'm doing good. I had a kind of a day off. Um, tried out a new microphone, so if this sounds weird, that's my fault. Uh, rearranged. My office area slash background stuff, trying to match, you know, like that boss energy. I don't mm. know if you can see the lighting because it's a little bit, it's like the sun sets perfectly at this time of day. But anyways, I'm doing good, man. I'm good. How about you? Doing great, man. Doing great. Tim, you doing all right, buddy? I know we got some good news today, didn't we? Marvelous. Rashawn Gary is back on the practice squad or practice squad, <laughs> practice field, <laughs> practice field with a uh, helmet and pads. Um, it was great to see that, man. I, we were talking about it offline. I mean, what a, what, what a shock, right? Like talk about a great, we got that like yeah. three minutes before practice started or something like that. I want to say, I think Paul Brettel was the first person I saw with that. That's just amazing news guys. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, it was a pleasant surprise for sure. Um, man, I'm telling you, I was already excited about the season, but knowing that Rashawn Gary, I mean, I, I believe I'm, I'm about 95% sure he's going to be ready for week one. You know, you're not going to bring him off that pup unless he's ready to go. Obviously, you want to utilize the rules there in that regard. But, yeah, Rashawn Gary's a beast, man. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about it for sure. All right, let's do this. Uh, since we're on Rashawn Gary here, first of all, Zane in the chat. Uh, what's up? I'm back again. Let's talk Packer football. Go Pack Go. Welcome to the chat, brother. Uh, right here we've got, looks like Kevin in the chat, greetings from Romance, Wisconsin. Is Romance really a place? Oh, of course it is, Clayton. Man, I'm telling you, Romance, Wisconsin. I like it. And then Eric in the chat, hello, everyone. All right, man, appreciate you guys dropping through. Let's do this, man. Since uh, since Rashawn Gary's back, I'm going to share the screen, and we're just going to go back through a little bit of tape here. We got geared up here. Can you, can you see this okay, uh, Jacob? Yeah, we got it. All right, man, cool. So I was uh, I was on a bike earlier, did a little five mile ride, watched the first half of the Patriots game, and just threw a little a few timestamps together. And I know this was Gary's highest graded game of last year. And uh, these are the things that you miss with Rashawn Gary not on the field. First of all, you see us here. We're kind of we're in this uh, this what we call a tight front where you've got the two fours. Really, you've got uh, yeah, you've got. Yeah, two a couple four techniques, and then you got your wide nines. Gary's at the bottom of the screen. 
Watch this, fellas. We roll it in slow motion. Well, I'm telling you, we missed that last year, didn't we? Look at this angle right here. Speed off the edge. Never had a shot, man. Never had a shot. Look at that rip, too. Just a little get off me. Bang. I am so freaking excited to see him back on the field, dude. My goodness. You know what comes to mind when I watch that? What's that? I said what comes to mind as I watch that is the way that if you look at (laughs) – that like power stance that he comes out of and he's so explosive out of his, even if he's in a, like that two man stance or whatever, uh, or the, even if he puts his hand down, he just has that explosive where he's like lateral. And they talked about how Luke Van Ness has that same kind of capability where he comes out of his stance, just so parallel with so much yeah. power. And then at that initial contact point is just like insane. That's, that's kind of what I, I just really want to see. I can't wait to see a snap where it's Preston, Gary and Luke Vaness somewhere on the field. Oh, yeah. I don't care where, just somewhere. And then imagine Devontae Wyatt and then Kenny. And oh, I just, I really am excited, getting excited. I, I'm more excited for sure about the defense than the offense because now I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about the offense, but we can talk about that. Definitely. Look at this play right here. He sniffs out a screen pass. Now look at him at the top of the screen, the opposite side of the field from the screen, right? Look, look how far away from this play he is, where the ball is. Watch him hustle. He, he's going to take this big offensive lineman with him, still make the tackle. Look at that up top. The thing I noticed about watching this tape too, man, was he was just all over the run the whole day. Look at this right here. That backside pursuit. Mm-mm-mm. Just doesn't get any better. Look at this sack right here. This right here, if you'll notice the timestamp there, one minute left in the second quarter, Tim. This play right here alone won us the turnover differential and the middle eight. Bang. Ball's out, covers his own symbol. You see him signal it. Go ahead here. They got some good replays with this right here. Once again, just that little little rip. Oh my gosh. Look at this. Bang. He he didn't he didn't have a clue, dude. What was about to hit him. You know, <laughs> you even see the technique too on the he's hitting the quarterback high. You know, yeah, and it's like how do you how do you hit a quarterback nowadays anyway? But when yeah. you watch him play the game, it's like he just he's so technical. If you know what if you know what you're looking at, I mean he's so technical with everything he does. Every movement is very deliberate. No wasted motion whatsoever. Look at him. Look at him right here. Actually, rake the ball. Rip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks like he's got possession right there. Look. Look like a. And what, and what like, else do we have for the the boys and girls watching at home? We have heads up football. His head is up. Yeah. Crown of the helmet is not down when he's when he's making this play. Exactly. I want to see this. I want to see the pain in Bailey Zappy's eyes. That's what I want to see. Look at this. See if we can get this, see if we can get this geared just right here. Kind of hard to see. I believe we were underneath it here let's see look at that that's the look that's what you're looking for right there fellas that's what you're looking for right there. <laughs> god i love it dude i love football so here he was today at practice and then we're going to hear from him okay so just a quick little clip of Rashawn gary um in the locker room of course there he is strapping that helmet on for the first time big dog is back i love it dude 
There's Devontae Wyatt with him in the stretch line. And you got him right here. Look at him. He looks healthy, boys. Yeah. Oh, he man. looks great. Here we go. Uh, like I was telling the guys, man, it's a, it's a complete honor, a privilege to be back on the field. Um, <laughs> my circle, my family, uh, everybody knows what I've been putting into this. So I also told him that means a lot. So I'm just happy and excited to be back out here. I love what he said there, man. It's, it's, I told the guys it's such a privilege to be back on the field. You know? That's Rashawn Gary, dude. He just – he doesn't take anything for granted, man. It's a privilege to have him in Green Bay. Yes. Yeah. And I remember that draft pick, and everybody was going, what the – this doesn't make any sense, <laughs> right? He had no – little to no production. I immediately messaged my buddy Jeremy. His name's Jeremy, and he lives just outside of Philadelphia. And he's a huge – for whatever reason, he's a huge Michigan fan, right? Michigan Wolverines fan. And he was like, Clayton, dude, you're going to love him. Like, I don't know how they're going to utilize him, but he was such a selfless player when he played on the interior and he didn't have, you know, crazy gaudy stats. He could have dominated off the edge, he said. But they played him on the interior, and he was just so fundamentally sound against the run and just a selfless player. I was like, I don't know, dude. I'm not seeing it. Here we are, however many years later. And I'm going, all right, Jeremy, I see it now. I see it now. <laughs> all right, let's do this. Um, good to have 52 back, says Zane in the chat. Um, if the if this defensive front plays up to its potential, the sky's the limit. I'm pumped, is what Eric says in the chat. I completely agree, man. They've got a ton of talent on that defensive front. Um, again, I, I'm just telling you right now, after going back and watching uh, last year's, uh, the end of the year, watch for Devontae Wyatt. I'm just going to tell you right now, they can't double both Kenny and Devontae Wyatt. Yep. And now you got Rashawn Gary off the edge, which you heard Tony Romo talk about that entire game. Rashawn Gary was dominating because they were double teaming Kenny the entire time. So it was singling him up. They couldn't, they couldn't slide that protection uh, towards Rashawn Gary. All that stuff goes hand in hand for sure. Um, Brad in the chat, you got me so pumped when you posted those clips. Uh, we got Cheesehead Murph in the house. Go pack, go. What up, fellas? And then my boy Gary, let's go, says DJ Key. Um, Michigan didn't utilize his talent, Eric says in the chat. And, you know, I, I would agree with that. If you if you knew he was going to be that dominant of an edge rusher at the NFL level, then you know you darn sure know he could he could dominate there in the Big Ten. So definitely underutilized. Um, some other good things come out of practice today, Jacob. Really excited about Jaden Reed. Um, lining up in the backfield, right? We had some of that. J Jordan Love had a, a great day. Um, I think they said he threw three touchdown passes, three red zone touchdown passes, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, what was your big takeaway from Jaden Reed and Jordan Love and that, that just that connection? They seem to be creating a great connection together. Yeah, that's a great connection. I want to back up, though, quick. And when you say that Jordan Love had a great day, if you just were one of those casual – and I, I'm not saying this to sound like a – pretentious person but if you're one of those casual fans you would hear jordan love was six of 11 i believe on the day and you'd think oh that's a horrible day that's a really bad day well if you look in again to those completions and incompletions uh one of them was a really bad one i believe that jordan love started the team practice off his first pass was a pick six to savage which you know i mean at least it shows a little bit of something for savage but um a lot of those plays just were, again, really good throws that either got dropped, the situation didn't work out the right way. So that being said, Love did make some really great decisions, made some great reads again, specifically to Jordan Reed, J Jordan Reed to Jaden Reed. I think one of them was when he was, uh, like you're talking about, maybe lined up in the backfield, ended up doing a little bit of a flat 
did a quick pass out to him and he was just too explosive to go and find um, for anybody to go find and make, make the tackle. And that's just really encouraging again, whether it's going to be a Randall Cobb type role he's taking on or the Swerve and Irvin type role or some sort of hybrid mix with that and can maybe play a few snaps on the outside. You know, I'm just, I'm really starting to believe in the Jaden Reed hype. It's, it's starting to get me because especially we can be as gadgety as we want with him. And it's starting to seem like that he, we can get into it a little bit later. It sounds like he might be one of the only receivers that doesn't have drop issues consistently. So if he ends up becoming like that, that anchor, that staple that he can go to, then I'm, I'm more than excited about it. He also had a really great touchdown catch where I can't, I think it was maybe Valentine. Some, no, maybe I think it was Valentine. Maybe somebody, it could be somebody else, but they tipped the pass just at the last second. Jane Reed maintained control concentration, caught the ball for a touchdown. I mean, it's just, you can't ask for more out of what he's done so far in camp. And you've added the fact that he could be a special teams ace for us, maybe doing some punt returns. So I just think that the sky's the limit for this dude, especially. And who was it? It wasn't AJ Dillon that said he reminded him of like Randall Cobb, prime Randall Cobb as a rookie that's barely even seen any sort of actual like worthy playing time. So that's, that's encouraging. I'll say that. No doubt. Um, You know, the thing that that sticks out to me with Jaden Reed, you know, it's very rare that you hear a rookie pops like this in camp. You you guys know Devontae Adams struggled for a couple of years, right? Jordy Nelson didn't pop like this, in my opinion, in training camp. Um, I just don't remember hearing about, you know, these these young receivers getting this much attention. Now, Romeo Dobbs did last year, but at the same time in camp, what was what was the knock? If he could just fix the drop issues, if he could just fix the drop issue. You, you don't have that with Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's explosive, man. When I see him on the field and when I see him family night and going back and seeing some of the clips, it's like he has a little bit of that Tariq Hill in him. He's got the quick feet. He's very fluid. And you don't, you never see Tariq Hill drop passes. And he just, you know, like when he snatched that pass from Love, you know, out of the air on that, it was, it was kind of a crosser. And to me, it looked like the second window of a crosser, like a little climb route. When he snatched that ball there, it's like this dude is confident with his hands, Tim. Um, I'm guessing, were you at practice today, Tim? Yep, I was there. Awesome. Did you? Uh, what was the vibe like around Jaden Reed and Jordan Love? Because I know, uh, I know Jordan threw, like I said, those three touchdown passes. He hit Romeo Dobbs uh, for a touchdown on a slant, and then I think he hit Musgrave on a shallow crosser touchdown. And and Qu- they said Quay was in coverage, and it sounded like Musgrave ran away from Quay, which is just freaking exciting. But what was the vibe there around Jordan Love, Jaden Reed, and those guys today? Um, Jay Love, I think I got to see, first of all, I got to see some of the offense, uh, early in camp. I got there early today and sat down on that end of the field and, uh, watched some of the drills. But what I saw later on specifically to, to what you guys are talking about is, you know, the six of 11 and looking at this by the numbers game doesn't really tell the tale. What I'm seeing with Jay Love is that he's a guy that is finding that touch. He's, he's fine tuning the touch with these throws. You know, you see a ball here or there that sails on him, or maybe it's a little underthrown, or, you know, maybe it's not as he's not spinning it quite as tight here and there. But then when you do see him connect, you're seeing these really phenomenal throws, and you can see the flashes of the arm talent that he has. So um, I call it ups and downs as year one, QB one in your first camp as as the man. You know, he's 
he's finding his touch. And as far as Jaden Reed's concerned, I, I said this three weeks ago, he's going to be a star in this league. Jaden Reed is going to be an absolute star. I, I can feel it. You know, you talk about the hands. I mean, that's a double threat because coming from last year where I watched guys dropping punts left and right during training camp, I mean, I, I, there, there had to be at least 20 drops <laughs> in training camp last year. I have not seen Jaden Reed or Keyshawn Nixon drop a single ball during these punt and kick uh, drills that they're doing. So Jaden Reed is, is a threat on multiple levels. I mean, he's fast, quick twitch. He's got good hands. Um, if he grasps th- this game fully and can see this game and it slows down for him at the professional level, this young as a rookie, I, I, I would say watch out NFL. You know, we might have another one of those Tyreek Hill level superstars on our team, guys. I agree, man. Man, how far we've come, guys. From from everybody bobbling punts and kickoffs, you know, to now it's just like I mean, seeing seeing the Twitter feed kind of going live and and everyone talking about, you know, Jaden Reed and Keyshawn Nixon uh, rotating, taking turns fielding punts. If I heard correctly, mm-hmm. it's, it's just awesome, dude. I'm so excited, so excited about that. Let's move on to the next guy here, and that's Lucas Van Ness. Um, I saw some stuff come out from Paul Brettel earlier today, and they were talking about his run defense. Um, we'll start with you this time, Tim, then we'll go to Jacob. Um, what stood out to you about Lucas Van Ness today, man? Any, any buzz around him? Because I, you can kind of see that people are starting to uh, – they're starting to settle in on him, man. Uh, you know, Ryan Ryan sounded like a, just a, a little kid the other night. He was so excited about just seeing him out there. And even on that play where Wyatt broke or uh, busted up the double-team block and, and got in the backfield um, on that little stunt that they ran, um, he said, you know, if you look up top, L- Lucas Van Ness is just dog-walking Yash into the backfield, right? Um, what was the buzz around, uh, around Van Ness and this defense today, man, or, or at least the defensive front? We'll get to the DBs here in a minute. Uh, people are excited. Um, I actually talked with um, a fan uh, briefly after practice a little bit about that, and he was he had concerns about our our defensive front this year. And I said, "Really? Have you have you been watching camp at all?" <laughs> and uh, kind of laughed a little. And uh, it was his first day, so I was just kind of you know giving him a hard time. But um, no, man, I think uh, Lucas Van Ness is just another piece to this puzzle. You know. There's been talk, you know, during the draft, we talked about the pick. Oh, well, we took Van Ness in the first round. Oh, is this because Rashawn's coming off the pup list? Uh, what are we – is this is this a contingency plan? No, I think, you know, you always think best player available usually in the draft, right? I mean, he might have been the best player available at that position that we had, and he's certainly showing it every day that I've seen in camp. It seems that he's learning more and he's catching on very quickly. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a huge leap for him uh, getting from collegiate to NFL level with this play. Um, he seems to pick up uh, the scheme very quickly and he's executing. When he makes a mistake, he corrects it quickly. I've spoken to Joe Barry personally. He told me out of his own mouth that the guy's extremely coachable. We've talked about this before. So there's a lot of reason to, to be excited about the Lucas monster this year. <laughs> I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the Friday, see uh preseason action with him out there in this defense, man. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I believe Paul Brettel was one talking about it earlier. He actually put a tweet out. Let me see if I can find it here. I've got it. I think I've got it uh, pulled up. Um, I'll just read it off to you guys. It, it was, I seen it come across the wire and I was like, heck yeah, man. Um, let's see here. Paul Brettel said, um, he tweeted, first of all, the first tweet, he said, really good run defense rep by Van S gets into the backfield quick, has put together several reps like that in camp. And then he quote tweeted that and said a second stop in the run game. Van Ness continues to flash here as well. And when I got to reading uh, Paul Brettel's article, just kind of a, a recap of today's practice, he said, one, he actually beat his man with quickness off the snap and got into the backfield like in a blink. And then the second time, he just used his strength to uh, to fill the run lane and shut down the run. So uh, that's what I seen on tape when I watched Iowa. When I did the Chalk Talk episode of Lucas Van Ness, I was just as impressed, if not more impressed. You've seen the clips of him just bull rushing and, and knocking over, you know, literally top-round top talent at the offensive tackle position. But then when you watch the run game, it's like this dude is so sound when setting the edge and he just never takes his eye off the football in the backfield. He's always got his eyes in the backfield. He seems like a smart player. Like Ryan said, if we could just get a couple scars on that face, ugly him up a little bit, I think we got us a gym. <laughs> but, Jacob, what do you think, bud? Um, what are you thinking about Lucas Van Ness so far, man? Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I usually try to temper my expectations because a lot of times these defensive first-round starters <laughs> don't end up really working out as well as we'd like them to. But for whatever reason – I just have all the confidence in the world in this kid. Uh, we talked about the way he gets off the ball, his bull rush, the way that uh, Tim's talked about that he's he's coachable, he's humble, he's hungry. Um, you know, he's he reminds me of like like Rashawn Gary. If you remember, people thought he's he doesn't care about the game. Like he he doesn't. They they literally said that about him. I mean, to see him again, just to back up real quick, to see him moving the way he did today. I have no doubt that that man's going to try to play, like Tim said, against the Bears week one. What an example to set for a guy like Lucas Van Ness, who, if you don't think, I think they, they talked about the fact that it's there's no way that he can't look up to him as a hero, or as a model, mentor, you know, whatever you want to call it. And he sees that work ethic. He sees what it must have taken to come back from the ACL in, what is it, nine months, basically, 10 months or so. Um, and he looked good. He looked really fast and thorough. So that being said, if there's a, we talked about it, I think that maybe right before we started recording is that if there's a situation where we can see Lucas Venice, Preston and Rashawn on the field with maybe a Wyatt, a wooden uh, Carl Brooks in there. I mean, Oh my gosh, that's, those are five, four or five guys that I, I, I would, you'd be hard pressed to be able to handle even one-on-one. -on -one. So if those guys are coming at you, they're supposed to try to double team maybe one or two of them even, depending on what the scheme is, what they're trying to run. You got guys like Quay that's taking a step, Devondre, and then you look at our, our cornerback group. The only guys that I'm worried about <clears throat> would be our safety group, which today it, it sounded like Lucas Van Ness got the start as well as Jonathan Owens as at the safety. So yeah. showing that these guys are making progressions and that they're uh, they're, you know, they're 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 just trying. I love the fact that they're trying different people at different positions, especially at safety. That they're that Goody's shaking up the bottom of the roster. That he's not just being content with you know. We know these guys aren't going to make the team, but we're not going to do anything about it. It's like no, let's get some new blood in there. Then the only thing that I'm mad about, or I shouldn't say mad, the only thing that is a a not great reaction from Gary coming back is that if Brenton Cox doesn't make this team. I'm going to burn some buildings to the ground. I don't know what's going 
He's joking. He's joking out there. Kidding. I'm going to get swatted. I'm going to get swatted here. You're going to hear him kick in the door, right? <laughs> Remove. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, something that was said in the chat here, Eric Sutherland said Slayton is, has looked damn good also. I completely agree. Yeah. When This was what's crazy. When I was watching the Patriots game earlier, it was from week four. You guys remember I was in New York. You held down the ship doing the post-game show. Um I was watching the Patriots game, and Tony Romo was just over the moon on this defense. You got to understand, at the time, we're two and one. That sends us three and one before we go across the pond to play the Giants. He was like, "This defense is so fast. This is one of one of, if not the best defenses in the league." People forget that stuff, and then you get through a rough patch in the middle of the season, and it's fire Joe Barry, scrap everything. This defense is horrible, and then at the end of the year, everyone acts surprised that. Well, heart, they wasn't that bad. Look at the numbers, right? Uh, it's just funny how everything kind of comes full circle. But hearing Tony Romo talk about that defense was just uh, – it was awesome. It was awesome to hear. And I agree, Eric. I think Slayton finished the year strong. I think he's proven uh, his worth at the nose tackle position. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do, man, for sure. Speaking of defense, one of the things that Tony Romo was talking about during that Patriots game was uh, the DBs and just talking how, about how fast the DBs were. And I know Russell Douglas has really, really been turning heads in training camp this year. Um, you know, Andy Herman had a really cool tweet. Um, but, you know, according to Paul Bredo, he said the cornerback group has had the best camp of any position group on the entire team. Um, Russell was all over the field, they said today. And then he, uh, both uh, both break up, uh, breaking up passes and on the line tackling pass catchers. So they had Rasul up on the line and anything underneath, Rasul was just attacking the football. And I need to find that tweet that Andy uh, that Andy sent out because it was just really cool. I I mean, Andy doesn't throw compliments around like this. You know what I mean? It, when when he says something strong. It's typically it's like, OK, you can take that as gospel because he's not going to put his reputation out there and just, you know, just just say stuff just to say it. Right. Um, he said, I can't stress enough how amazing Rasul Douglas has looked in camp so far. He's been fantastic. So Rasul stepping his game up. Jair's still locked down. Right. Um, you've got Keyshawn who's going to be playing a little bit of the slot, sounds like. I think Rudy Ford will take another step. I really do. Rudy Ford showed me everything I needed to see on tape. I think that dude is going to be an amazing defender. All the stuff we're talking about now, Rashawn Gary's back, Kelly. Guys, it feels like everything's coming together. And as we get closer to week one, I want week one to hurry up and get here before I start predicting we're going to win 14 games because I'm telling you, the longer it takes to get to week one, the closer I get to just feeling like that. But I'm excited to see what this DB room can do, um, especially if everyone's healthy because that's the other thing too, watching that Patriots game. You know, Jair Alexander missed that game, right? So it's like they, we forget these injuries, you know, throughout the course of the season. But – what do you think, Jacob? How are you feeling about the DB room, man, and more specifically, Rasul Douglas? DB room, I feel probably more confident in than any other positional group other than maybe running back uh, for the whole team. Just just guys that I don't question at all, that even if they're having a bad day, the other two or three guys maybe can pick them up kind of thing. Again, the only thing I'm worried about a little bit is the safety group, but like you talked about, I'm confident in Rudy Ford, and I'm, I'm hesitantly – okay with the fact that maybe it's a savage Owens and enter whoever else into that third or fourth rotation there. Um, one thing that, again, I was encouraging is to see that Savage did the pick six today. Uh, but if you want to talk about Razul, you know, he's made a bunch of great solid plays, but I think it may be some of the things that 
Um, like Gudikins talked about in his press conference, how there's certain guys that are stepping up into a leadership role that maybe before didn't have that voice. And I think Razul, I don't think he named them specifically. He named a lot of a lot of guys, but I think Razul might be one of those people that is kind of stepping into a more of a veteran leadership role that feels like he has a bigger voice because he's now proved himself on his team. And, and the way that he was apparently just going after the offense, I mean, like just – almost to a point where they're like, there's kids here, dude. Like you got to calm down. <laughs> what are you doing? I think that's a great thing personally, because it shows that he understood maybe that the offense was either lackluster that day or that they were lethargic. Maybe they were just being too cocky, whatever the case is. He let them have it in a way that a, an opposing defense probably would go at them. And they need to get used to that because those guys are young. Who knows what they look like when, um, when they get, a lot of smack talk in their face. You remember how, like how like Ray Lewis and like some of those guys would just, I can't, you would never believe it. They couldn't mic them up back then. Cause, and if they did, they would never, they would burn that tape and send it <laughs> to, you know, where, cause it's, you just, the way that those guys, some of them get on the field and they turn into freaking absolute monsters. One of my favorite clips of all time is Chad Ochocinco trying to talk to like some, uh, I think it's a Steelers. Yeah, it's a Steelers guy. And, uh, is it Joey Porter? Somebody walks over and just he's like, "Don't talk to him." And he's like, "Man, I'm trying to yeah. be nice." He's like, "I'm trying to be." He's like, "He's a mean. He's so mean." He's talking to the ref, and yeah. uh, but and yeah. the ref even said, I, "I told I told him you were being yeah, nice." I told you were being nice. <laughs> <laughs> Love that clip. Uh, it's just it's funny, man, because it's like that's the mentality I want this defense to have, though, and it comes from, you know, the the. The D-line's got to be mean. The linebackers, you know, you always got nasty linebackers. But if your cornerbacks have that dog mentality, like the, the Antonio Cromartis, the, you know, the Revis Island type, the Deion Sanders types, the sh I'm a shutdown corner. I'm not afraid. The Charles Woodson types where I'm not afraid to come up and start making plays on the ball. I love that about Jair. I think Razul's a willing hitter. We've seen Stokes even try to make some plays like that. Who knows what Nixon is? I think that Nixon's just an all-around baller, so – you know, I'm not worried about that. And what's most encouraging to me is Carrington Valentine. Um, yep. He's he's been really showing that he's not just a seventh round nobody. He's an actual pro pro projected future starter. I, I feel like possibly if he keeps taking steps. And what it sounded like today is from what Andy Herman had said is that they don't expect Jair to play. And I don't. I would not really want him to play any preseason. So it sounded like there was going to be Razul on one side, and that Carrington Valentine would be the other opposing perimeter cornerback. Probably have some Nixon in the middle, you know, peppering in whoever else is uh, going to play that backup role. But that got me pretty excited just to think that they're going to – I, I want to see him on the perimeter, try to take on those X receivers, try to really hold his own and see what we got in that guy. I mean, if we, even if he's – In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now – Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You know, just dicey. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see that we could maybe get a really nice potential future starter out of the seventh round. Definitely. Well, Andy Herman listed both Darnell Savage and Russell Douglas as one of his top three players of the day. So both of them took a step forward. Um, Tim, you were there, you know, live in Green Bay at the practice field. What stood out to you about this DB group and, and more specifically, maybe Russell Douglas? Is, did you did you kind of see that that energy that they were talking about and Russell just kind of being all over the place? Hey, it's like Curly Lambeau said, let's act like champions, let's practice like champions, let's play like champions, let's be like champions all the time. The, that intensity level is priceless. Jacob, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. That, that's what you want to see, especially with a young offense. You know, we've got Jay Love's first year at the helm, QB1. You know, yeah, put that pressure on him in this offense during camp. That's that's an excellent point. We want to see that. But as far as Rasul Douglas, I agree. That guy is a total gamer. And when when I see, um, you know, him and Jair together, it's just you, you can't do anything but smile, man, just watching these guys play the game because they're out here talking the talk and walking the walk. And you can do nothing but respect it um, if you're a fan of this game. But this DB room – um, I'm with you, Jacob. I, it's probably one of the position groups I'm most confident in. Um, at, at least from a roster standpoint, it's it's kind of similar. Similar, we were talking about with the receivers. Like, okay, guys, how many how many receivers are we going to keep? Well, how many corners are we going to keep? You know, and how many? You know, when you got guys like Keyshawn who can play, you know, multiple places. Jair's versatile. You got versatility in that room. So I think you know. You, you look at a situation where maybe you have the slash, like a Tyree Carpenter safety slash linebacker. Um, maybe we have corner slash safety, you know. I, I, I don't know, but there's a lot of talent in there. Um, from what I saw today, uh, yeah, it was good to see Darnell Savage take a step. Um, I think I'm not alone in saying a lot of us have been waiting for that. Um, and Jonathan Owens does look good out there. Uh, so... You know, a competitive um, safety room is a good thing for us at this point, especially being as strong as we are at corner. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Good stuff, man. Um, So as far as the three players of the day from Andy Herman, Darnell Savage, Rasul Douglas, and David Bakhtiari, he also mentioned that Jaden Reed and Tyler Goodson both had good days as well, right? Uh, Drew in the chat said, Gary is such a hard worker. It's so true. Um, David Bakhtiari, this kind of this sparked a thought for me real quick. Um, there was a tweet that came out talking about the offensive line. I think it was Wes Hodkowitz listed the offensive line in red zone. They changed it up a bit. I don't know if you guys seen this or not. But basically, they had 
Josh Myers at center. And then when they went to the red zone, not saying they would do this in a game, it's just talking about how they kind of maneuver things around. Bakhtiari was back on the field today. And, and we've got to be kind of cautious on how we're reading, you know, which offensive line are getting first team reps, because if David Bakhtiari has an, a quote unquote off day, right, a veteran day, then that means that he, you know, with him being out of the lineup, that really shuffles things around. That's going to trigger Josh Myers being there, right, in playing center. So when when Bach is on the field, if Josh Myers is out there, that's telling you, okay, Josh Myers legit is getting the number one snaps right now, right? Um, as opposed to if Zach Tom slides over to left tackle because Bach is missing or Yash or whoever slides over there, now Myers has to play center because, you know, uh, that's, that's where um, uh, Zach Tom is, you know, having to plug in at. But today during red zone, Wes Hockowitz said it was David Bakhtiar at left tackle, Elton Jenkins at left guard, Zach Tom at center, John Runyon at right guard, and then Yash at right tackle. Um, and then lo and behold, Andy Herman says David Bakhtiar was one of the top three players of the day. It seemed like, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, the vibe we kind of had the last couple of days was, uh, you know, has Bach taken a step back? Why is he missing so much time? He didn't play in family night. I'm starting to think all that stuff was actually planned now. Um, but with that being said, how are we feeling about the offensive line? I know it's, it seems like it's a daily thing, Jacob. We're constantly going, all right, who's your starting five? Who's your starting five? Um, part of me wants to see wants to see Zach Tom play center, but at the same time, it's like, man, you're going to have to do a whole lot of shuffling if one of those tackles goes down, and now your starting center you know, is going to have to kick out the tackle while you bring Myers in. I'm not, I'm not so much worried about Myers being a solid backup center, as I am constantly shuffling the line around if Tom has to kick back outside because of an injury. But um, what are you, how are you feeling about the offensive line today from what, from what we've heard? Yeah, I mean, that's my my biggest thing going into the season. I just want consistency, and I want these guys to be able to really sit and practice their position. So right now, again, I'll always I mean, I'll hammer the point that I want, obviously, Bakhtiari at left tackle, Jenkins left guard, I want Myers to stick it out at center for at least the first six games and see what we got there. Jen Runyon Jr. Uh, at the guard, other guard. And then I, I think that Tom has to be on the field. I like what Yash has done. It's a great problem to have, to have two swing tackles slash guys that are Swiss Army knives that can be placed on a lot of different positions in the line. I will say one thing is that Bach and Jenkins both coming back today from practice. Like you said, we should, we, we should stop just – we got to stop freaking out every time Bach mixes a practice. It's clear that they're really got get him, have him on like a pitch count and they're just taking extra precaution. It doesn't seem like he's taking any steps back. I think they're just making sure that he doesn't take any steps back, that all these practices are, he's able to build that strength in his knee up, that there's no fluid buildup, all, all that kind of stuff. But it sounds like that, um, again, the reason that Bach was out is just to be precautious. And the reason that Jenkins was out was due to an illness. It wasn't actually an injury. So that's good news as well. And we got to remember that in addition to these guys that we have, we've got really good backups like Caleb Jones's and Luke Tenuta's and even Rasheed Walker's guys like that, that who knows what they would, how they'd perform if we had to throw them in to the fire. But it's, 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 it's a good problem to have that we're going into a season and it's not necessarily we're wondering if this person can play, it's who's better at playing this position. And I think that's, a, a, again, a great problem to have. It's a unique problem. A lot of times we're worried about injury. We've had to deal with the left tackle situation for the last two years plus. So I'm excited about it. And just to recap real quick, again, 
today the injuries, the Ennis Gaines had a quad injury. Uh, Luke Nichols did not play because he, apparently he has a shoulder injury stemming from a few practices back. And then the, the obviously Stokes and then Deguara showed up with an injury and then Josh, uh, sorry, Jake Hansen as well. But other than that, that's five guys still with Gary coming back. That's insane. That's pretty, pretty good. I mean, that's hear the Larry David said that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> what do you think, Tim? How'd the offensive line look, bro? You know, I think with the old line guys, it's it's kind of like some of these other position groups. They're plugging and playing. They're experimenting. It's that time of the year. Um, you have to be adaptable in this league. Uh, but to Jacob's point, again, I agree. Consistency is paramount. Um, we don't want to hear any F-bombs on live TV from our quarterback this year like we did last year and the year before and the year before that. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I – <laughs> I don't know. I, I lo- I'd love to ask Jay Money who he feels more comfortable taking taking snaps from. Um, but uh, consistency is key. And so, you know, to that point, how do you get how do you build consistency if you're not willing to uh, experiment and see who can fit in these situations? You know, maybe they are looking at a, a red zone scheme for certain plays where they do swap a tackle in a center, and it's, it's just something they feel comfortable doing. Maybe we're reading too much into it. Um, it's still early, uh, but I would I would definitely like to see um, some consistency at the center position for sure, at least so we know. But, uh, you know, I agree. Caleb Jones, you know, we have some backups. You know, Rasheed Walker, Tanuta, these guys are, you know, like Jacob said, man, I mean, we could be in a worse spot. I think there's some depth on that line, and – maybe some versatility that we don't even know is out there quite yet. So time will tell. And uh, I think rolling into the preseason is going to give us a pretty good look, you know, in real time. I'm excited for Friday. Definitely. You know, and here in the chat, a name got mentioned. I'm, I'm really eager to see what happens with Stokes. Um, we've got Drew in the chat says Stokes is a big X factor. We need him to be good. I'm trying to figure out where he fits in, Drew. You know, I mean, he, he is by trade a, uh, a boundary corner, right? I don't think, I don't think anybody really sees him as playing the slot, right? And if Keyshawn is practicing in the slot, I mean, who are you going to throw in the slot? And, and and we don't even know what this defense is going to look like. They may have Jair travel, and if they do have him travel with the number one receiver, and and everyone understands the defense to the point where he can travel, and no matter what kind of pre-snap motion they throw at us, everyone else is in, is in unison with what their assignment would be now that it's basically been modified with the motion. Um, I don't want to get too technical with that. I hope that makes sense. But, it, you know, everything changes within this quarter's defense. If one guy moves from one side of the formation to the other, it's not just everybody's playing man, right? Um, but where does Stokes fit in, you know? Um, first of all, we got we got to see him healthy. Uh, and everything I've heard from whether it's Tim or, or any of the other guys on the sideline, um, it sounds like Stokes is looking good. Like Stokes is looking – I mean, he's he's running full speed, right, Tim? Uh, I don't know about full-on, full-on, um, but definitely kind of like we saw with Rashawn over these last few practices is more and more each day. Uh, I saw that today. He was doing some, some – uh, rehab work right in front of me uh, along that back end zone. And, you know, yeah, he's, he's doing a little bit more. I don't know if he's full on full speed yet. And 
I think, you know, with as nasty of an injury as he had, I think they're really handling him with kid gloves uh, all the way until we can really uh, put pads on him and get him cleared and get him out there. And it's really the same is true with Gary, uh, other than the kid gloves analogy, because you don't handle that guy with kid gloves. But um, I think, uh, you know, even with him, you know, being cleared here, we, we he saw the practice field. It's still going to be a while before we really see him fully unleashed. And, you know, we want to keep guys as healthy as we can going into the season, you know. So, I mean, Stokes does look good, though, for a guy who, you know, I said this before. I mean, a few months ago, he couldn't walk. Right. And so to just, to just see him doing these runs and these cuts, you know, even at 75% or 80% speed is is great. Definitely. Uh, so pro in the chat says uh, Lucas Van Ness looked powerful on family night. We've seen the same thing, man, for sure. Um, we've got Eric in the chat says after last year, Savage should change his last name to Dix. Hopefully he turns it around. Take um, it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, we've seen what you did there, buddy. Watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Murph in the chat says, I want our boys to be the all pro corner duo with Rasul and Jair. Uh, we can wish, right? Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, I trust Andy Herman. And, and I'm not trying to be an a-hole here, but there's a lot of people that have access, and and I've just – I've followed their tweets, I've followed their coverage, and I look back and go, man, you guys couldn't have been further from the truth there. Like, that 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 hype was completely false. Not that they did it on purpose, but it's like, what are you looking at? When Andy Herman tweets something, man, and, and same thing with Paul Brettel. Paul Brettel's one of those guys, he's never going to get too high or too low. And when he says, hey, this guy stood out, I believe it. I believe it 100%. I know they're not just doing it to get clicks, right? So, um, who knows, man? It would be nice to see Rasul and Jair come out and uh, and just dominate. It would be, uh, be phenomenal for sure. Um, there was another thing down here. Uh, Eric in the chat said, that rookie from Kentucky ain't no slouch. I'm pulling for Valentine. What, you know, how cool would it be? Let's say Stokes starts on the pup, right? And I'm not saying that would be cool. I'm just saying, you know, if, if he's on the pup, right, what if Valentine just literally soars to the top, right, and and he's up there with Rasul and Jair as far as, man, we got to get this guy playing time. If he's that freaking good, oh, my God, dude. And, and they may push Keyshawn out of that slot, and that's a good thing so Keyshawn can key in on, on kick returns only, right? If, or or play a slot receiver. <laughs> whether it's whether it's Valentine or whoever's going to play the slot, you know, if they push Keyshawn out of that position, then that means we're stronger at that position than we were going in, right? And I think Keyshawn could play solid there. I really do. I think Keyshawn is he's a baller, dude. He's just he is a freaking football player. Case closed. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how all that unfolds. And I think we're going to get a lot of a lot of questions answered on Friday night when we play the Bengals, you know, um, we're going to get to kind of see, all right, who's, who's not playing. If Jair's sitting then we know, okay, they're playing the twos. Maybe it's Russell and, and, uh, and Valentine out there and, and Keyshawn in the slot. I'm eager to see if they put Keyshawn in the slot out there in a the preseason game. I don't know. Have you, you got any kind of predictions whatsoever, Jacob, about who may or may not play on Friday night? Cause it's, uh, I think, you know, I, is Jordan going to play? Right. I mean, I would say put the first team out there for the first quarter, but how do you feel here's, about it? Here's what I think. I think Jordan will play a few series, if not the first quarter. I think they won't play Bach or Jenkins. I think everybody else will play. Um, might maybe like Watson and Dobbs maybe wouldn't um, on the defense. I already said I think uh, Razul and Valentine will be your corners. 
like uh, Van Ness, I think it's the start. Maybe like Kingsley on the opposite side, do some Slayton, some uh, Devontae Wyatt. I think Quay maybe plays a little bit with Isaiah McDuffie. And then I think all the, the safeties play. And then, yeah, I mean, I just, I, uh, I think Goodson, no running backs, I don't think are going to play. I think Goodson and Taylor and who's the other one, Wilson or whatever, will get some some snaps. Like, I think they said they're going to alternate each game and give them kind of more of a highlighted role. One thing, though, that I did want to talk about that we – I don't know if we talked about it, but Grant DeBose is finally back in practice as well today. Yeah. I don't think we, we mentioned that. So um, that's another great – you know, I, I would argue the wide receiver six spot is still a really, really massive, um, uh, you know, massive competition right now. I would have to think my – gosh, I, I think my dark horse would be Bo Melton, maybe Malik Heath, followed by Cody Kress. But if DeBose – you know he's he's the right time so that they can show what he's got in preseason games. But uh, Tay Wicks, is that who you're showing right now? That dude's yeah, that's got Tay Wicks right there. Yeah. Got some footwork, dude. dude look at his it. feet. Everybody just focus on his feet. Look at this. No joke. He's like yeah. gliding. It's crazy. And there was some good Bo Melton shots too. I should have I should have pulled it up, but I didn't. Um, no, he had a phenomenal catch today in the one on ones. Bo Melton is just. I Talk think you talked Carolina. about him a little bit. Yeah, and here's the here's Tucker Craft blocking. Look at this on Tyler. But look look at Tucker Craft's build compared to Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis is no small guy. Look how much bigger. He is. That's nice. I like yeah, that. I'm I'm excited to see. I, I want them to just turn these tight ends loose, man. That's that's what I want to see happen. I want to see them just put them out there, let them make mistakes, let them make mistakes. You know, let's just. Let's get all the all the growing pains out of the way right off the bat. That's what I'd like to see. So, um, anything else, guys? Uh, we're approaching the forty-eight minute mark here. Um, I, I know I've hit on all of my notes. I'm trying to go back through, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the Twitter bookmark here, the archive, just to make sure we didn't miss anything. What else stood out to you today, uh, Jacob, from practice? Yeah, it would just be more. One thing that I'm worried about and one thing that caught my attention that I think is a great indication of maybe Love's ability to overcome adversity. So he started the um, the day out zero for four passing. Obviously, that first one was an interception. The second one was supposed to be a absolute perfect 50-yard pass, put it right into Romeo Dobbs' hands. Sounds like Dobbs dropped it. Um, wasn't a, Originally, people thought maybe the DB made a play on it. Sounds like Dobbs dropped it. So... Again, we have to listen to our big-time wide receivers have drop issues. I don't want to have to go through that. If we do have some sort of bad start to the season, I would almost guarantee you it's because of drop issues, and I don't want that to be the case. So I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about that. But that being said, what I'm encouraged about is that Love then ended his practice 4-4. That was a lot in those red zone. He had three touchdowns. Andy Herman did specify, too, that today he did throw his second and his third turnover-worthy throw. Up until this point, he had only thrown the one to Quay Walker before. There was the other pick um, that was more of like a, uh, a batted ball that tipped up in the air that I believe uh, one of the backers picked off. But it's encouraging, and it's also one of those days where it's like, man, I just want to see. Like Ryan says, it's just the consistency is not there. And it's yeah. starting to get to the point where I'm starting to get a little bit worried, but we are going against our own dudes. I want to see what it looks like going against other teams, other guys that aren't, you know, they're not given 
they're not pulling up just to make sure that Jordan feels okay. They're, they're going to make him look like crap if they can make him look like crap. So yeah. I want to see how our team handles that. And I really want to see how the defense plays. Cause from all this is, this is maybe the most hyped I've felt about a defense. I'm not letting myself say it, but from all indications, our defense looks freaking phenomenal. And yeah, I want to know if it's because our offense is that bad or if they're that good. And if they're that good, then maybe our offense isn't that bad. We're just playing against that good of a defense. Who knows? Right. And if the defense is that good, then all year long it's going it, to – iron sharpens iron. It's going to make yeah. our offense better all year long. This is Grant Dubose right here. You asked for it. There it is. So nice. – there's a just a nice little look like they were doing a little back shoulder fade um, or back shoulder throw in the end zone. What's his so. number? Is he rocking the eighty five as well? I believe so. That that's what the tweet said. Let me make sure here. Let me make sure this is him. They already have eighty five. Isn't Tucker? There's a couple. There's a couple of double numbers still. I yeah. feel so horrible. <laughs> You're eighty five B. You're eighty five B. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely Grant Dubose. So um, the other thing, the, the last thing we need to hit on before we get out of here, what are the updated numbers for Carlson? It sounded like he had a pretty good day, right? Am I thinking right? Somebody mentioned that up here in the chat. I think it was Dakota. Let me double check here. Was he perfect today? Because everything I saw hit the net today. And I don't know I'm if I saw all of his kicks, but. Yeah. I'll be honest, I did not get to that point because I um... – I just wasn't interested in the kicker stuff. I was trying to hit. <laughs> I was so fired up over Rashawn Gary. I could care less. Let me see if I can find here. I think Andy Herman said he had another great day. I yeah. thought. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Dakota in the chat said, I don't I don't know what y'all talked about, but my guy Anders Carlson uh, seems to be on point. Um, let's see here. All right. That one's in Spanish. Can't read it. Sorry. Um, let's see. Three more from Anders Carlson, each into stiff wind. Um, 49 from the right hash, good. 50 from the left hash, good. 51 from the middle, good. Um, field goal period for Anders. So here's the ones before. Field goal period for Anders and crosswind. Uh, PAT from 33 yards out, good. 44, good. 45, no good. It hit the left upright, and that's with a pretty stiff crosswind, they said. So, um Kind of exciting, man. Seems to be settling in, dude. I know this. We were all worried. He goes into Lambeau Field and was pretty much perfect other than that botched snap one, and uh, it's game on, right? So that's uh, that's exciting. Um, and, you know, we're making light of it, Jacob. We are. Just like you said, I, you know, and I'm, and I'm over here fired up over Gary. There's going to be some games come down to the kicker. Yeah. And we're going to wish – we're either going to wish or we're going to be extremely thankful – that <laughs> that we have Andres Carlson. And uh, it's just all a part of the growing pains that we're talking about with a young team for sure. All right, Tim, you got anything else before we wrap up, buddy? Uh, no, not much. Just um, talking about filling these roster spots and making predictions of who's going to play. You know, isn't it exciting, guys, to have so much talent out there right now that, you know, it's like that's the problem. It's like look at these receivers. Well, are they going to keep – 11 receivers? <laughs> are we going to keep nine receivers? You know, no, we're probably going to keep what? What do we think? Six, seven tops? So, and we have just talent galore in multiple position groups. So it's a good problem to have. And uh, I'm just excited for Friday, guys. We got real football, real, uh, real football. No more, no more practices, just real football on Friday, guys. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll have a. I think we'll have a joint practice Wednesday. Am I thinking right, Tim? Wednesday, Thursday, and then the game Friday. I think 
is how they're yeah. doing it. I'm not sure when they when the team departs if they fly out tonight or or they leave tomorrow. I don't know if they have an off day. Um, but uh, yeah, I believe that's the the format, similar to what we're going to do with New England um, the following week. They're going to come here for a couple, and then we'll we'll duke it out in a preseason game. So I'm I'm excited, guys. It's we're getting close. We're getting closer and closer to week one too. So this is going to be hell of a ride, boys. Absolutely. Let me go to Google real quick. We're going to go and uh, find this contract. I want to I want to look this up. Um, What's that? What's that comment in the chat asking about Rashawn Gary's contract? You'll look at that for me. Real what is quick. an edge rusher with twenty-two and a half sacks in four years coming off an ACL injury worth in a new contract? What's he worth to you guys? I'm going to ask you all that first before I actually give you the numbers that Spotrack has compiled. Um, what would he be worth to you guys, cap hit per year? Um, you go first, Jacob. Man, uh, he's got to be regular market, right? So I'm thinking. Edge rusher per year, mm-hmm. at least what is it? Market's eighteen or nineteen or something around there, isn't it? All right. So you said eighteen to nineteen. What about you, Tim? I'd be somewhere close to that too, maybe okay. a little lower. I don't know, but All right. <laughs> okay. So according to Spotrack, um, they uh, <laughs> the calculated market value, average annual salary, which is pretty much cap hit okay six or 26 million dollars yeah now the best calculated value after adjusting the above contracts as if signed at gary's current age 25 a linear regression is performed providing us with the following initial value okay and the players that they're comparing them to tj watt average salary 28 million max crosby Average twenty-three million. Bradley Chubb, average twenty-two million. Leonard Williams, average twenty-one million. It averages out to twenty-three point six. They're saying a five-year deal worth one hundred eighteen million. Average salary of twenty-three point seven million. So, if that's what he's worth, typically when you renegotiate, you can get anywhere from a fifteen to twenty percent discount if you give someone a contract extension before they hit the market. Right. Because you're kind of giving them that security. So if you knocked off 15 to 20 percent, what would be the easy math off that um, for those you brainiacs out of there? Twenty three million per. What's a what's a 15 percent discount off of that? Roughly. What would that be? Do, 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 do. I'm not going to do it. Somewhere around what? Four or five million or something like that. No, three or four million. What do you think, Tim? I'm terrible with numbers, so I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking I'd feel a hell of a lot more comfortable figuring this out after we see what's happening with Big Dave <laughs> before the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're you're probably you're probably looking at knocking. I'm just trying to I'm trying to be realistic. I don't want to be a fanboy here. If right. if fair market value with the adjusted based off of performance, age, all that stuff. If it truly is 23 million, right. I think, I think you could probably get him for right at 20, you know? It, I, yeah, yeah. 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 I would say, you know, come in somewhere in the ballpark of, of like you guys said, maybe 19 million. Um, hopefully he's not insulted. He comes back with 22 and you come back and say, all right, man, we'll give you 21. Right. Per. Um, now there's a lot of, lot that goes into that. You know, you can, you can lower that cap hit by giving a little bit more guarantee, right? Things like that. But 
um, and just making it a little more a little more player player friendly on the front side. But uh, yeah, hopefully that answers your question, uh, Mike. I would say somewhere between twenty to twenty five million will be what I would expect per year. And again, that's just simple cap hit. And the way that Spotrack does it, they say annual average salary, um, which typically works out like that. Now, you structure it in a way too where um, you could uh, you could take some of that hit up front if they get it done this year, absorb a little bit of that hit. They did that with Elton Jenkins last year. That's what cracked me up with all the cap the cap gurus playing doom and gloom. And it's like, y'all do realize that they took a big, a pretty good chunk of Elton's and, and went ahead and absorbed it this year. How was the cap so bad that we absorbed that hit before the season even started? Right. Cause I think that didn't that happen in training camp. Am I thinking right guys? When, when did, when did Elton's contract happen? Was it during season? God, I can't remember. I thought it was just before it was like, it was towards the end of, end of preseason, right? It was just before we went into week one. Yeah. Google that. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I think mm-hmm. you're right. It was early. That that was yeah. a question I had. Do you think the the longer, um, you know, it, the, the more time that progresses between now and when a deal is brought to the table for him, do you think we lose some of that uh, as an organization? Do you lose some of that uh, bargaining power? Like you said, you can get the you can get the discount if you come at me early before the deadline. You know, yeah. how early are we talking? Especially with a guy like Bane Gary, you know? Right. Yeah, I could see him just being one of those guys. He's not going to try to hold their feet to the fire. He doesn't seem like one. He's embedded in the union and and wants to drive the cost up for edge defenders. That dude's just all about working. I mean, you heard him earlier. He said, I told the guys, man, I'm just it's so fortunate to get back on the field. Like, he, he misses the game, right? Eric Sutherland, quote of the night right there. Hold on, I'm taking my shoes off to finish counting. <laughs> she's heard, she's had Murph must have broke out the calculator there and said 3.45 million would be the discount. And Andrew said that comes to a sum total of 19.5 million uh, with that kind of discount. Now, again, you could lower the overall contract value and tack on a little more guaranteed, and that you know would uh, incentivize someone to to sign that contract and reduce the cap hit. And of course, the guaranteed money can be moved around quite a bit as well as far as cash over cap and, and, and being able to work around the cap in the future. Um, John in the chat says, I think Savage will have a strong year. Um, I do too, man. I do too. I hope it um, because he's playing for his football life right now, dude. Like, I mean, think about it. This is, this is pretty much his last shot. The organization believes in him. They wouldn't give him 7.9 million if they didn't. Right. They see something in him. And Hey, I was watching that Patriots game and, and there was a couple of times he made some shoestring tackles up on the line of scrimmage. It's like, Savage, why can't you do that? More, why can't you just be more consistent, right? Um, the, you turn on the Lions game at the end of the year, he definitely regressed as the year went on, in my opinion. Well, obviously, he got benched twice, but I'm eager to see uh, how that plays out. Mike in the chat says $20 million per year for, for five to six sacks a year is a lot. Five to six sacks a year. Know, that would bro. that would imply that that's all that Bane Gary brings to the table. Yeah, I, I think he brings a lot more than just sacking the quarterback to the table. Yeah, he's he's so so good in run defense, man. I mean, you've seen him. The defense missed it last year, and on top of that, I I could care less about sacks. I'm about pressures, right? You you give me a guy that's got ten sacks up against someone who had you know, uh, give me a guy who had ten sacks. And let's say 15 pressures, right? Total. 
and then you give me the guy that's got 25 pressures and only seven sacks, I'm taking those 25 pressures. Pressures lead to turnovers, period, case closed. The sack's great and all, but with a sack, that team still possesses the football, right? And I'm not saying someone should stop and not hit the quarterback and not get a sack. Don't be silly. I'm just saying the consistency wins the day. Consistency wins the pass rush game. And and Rashawn Gary is as consistent as they come. So um, I understand the argument if you're just strictly looking at sacks, but you turn on that tape, man, PFF agrees. It's like that dude is an absolute monster, a monster. What he did to the Patriots was just whew, got me fired up, man. Got me fired up. All right, anything else, fellas, before we go? No, I'm good. I'm good? All right. Let's, let's get geared up for that first preseason game. I know I'm excited about it. Excited to see who gets out there. It sounds like the last I heard they're going to do kind of a – instead of a running back by committee, they're going to have a quote-unquote feature back, back yeah. each preseason game. That way each player can kind of get a chance to get into a groove rather than run a series, get pulled out, and come back to a series, you know, what, two or three series later. They're going to have a feature back and then spell him out for each of the three games. Now, we don't think Aaron Jones is going to be in there, obviously. Maybe not even A.J. Dillon. I think what you're going to see in the preseason at the running back position is going to be really an extension of that camp battle. You're going to see Patrick Taylor. You're going to see Goodson. You're going to see Lou Nichols. I think they're each going to be the feature backs, and they're going to spell each other throughout the process as well. So that's kind of kind of what I see happening. But I want to thank everybody in the chat, Zane, Eric, Mike, John, Andrew, Cheesehead, Murph, uh, Steve, Steve Hancock coming through. Appreciate you dropping in, buddy. Um, yeah, we had a ton of people in here. So pro. Drew, Professor Cakes always makes me laugh. Of course, Professor Cakes would have that comment, right? <laughs> what up, pimps? Football is upon us. I love how you use the word upon after calling, after yeah. saying what up, pimps. It's like <laughs> Margaret Thatcher hanging out at a 50 Cent concert or something. I love it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bill. Everybody, too many to list. Really appreciate everybody dropping through. Dakota, Brad, you guys are awesome, man. You're what makes this show. It's not us knuckleheads. You guys in the chat are always keeping us entertained and, and providing good questions. And appreciate you helping me do the math. And, Eric, put your shoes back on, bro. We don't need you counting anymore, so put your shoes back on. All right, we're out of here, guys. We will see you tomorrow, most likely. Um, looking to go live again tomorrow. And then, of course, we're going to get you guys geared up for that game Friday night. We'll have a post-game show Friday night. Really excited about that. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps the show. And then if you are interested in podcasts, there's a QR code in the upper left. You scan that QR code, it will send you to Packernet Podcast, uh, Ryan Schlipp's uh, Podcast Network. Phenomenal content there. The dude does amazing work, so make sure you check that out. So we're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody's time. For those of you listening on the pod, Thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, we drive down the first man who is inside. Pullback, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. Go right by them and feel them back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. <laughs>